Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. I'm Cornelius Wright, and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning program. And for more than 12 years, we remain Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community. Good evening. I'm Justin Crossley. In today's broadcast, you'll also hear our perspective on what's relevant in the African-American world of news and local events of interest, all in the next hour on Bring It On. But first... In an interview recorded earlier with our producer, Clarence Boone, you'll hear from Courtney Herman, program manager with the IU Office of International Development, and 25 young leaders from sub-Sahara Africa, including physicians, social entrepreneurs, advocates for the disabled, and for women's health issues, and educators. These rising stars were selected to be in the U.S. State Department's Mandela Washington Fellows for Young African Leaders. This is a fascinating global engagement program being hosted through the 2017 Civic Leadership Institute at Indiana University. These fellows are leaders with established records of accomplishment in promoting innovation and positive change in their organizations, institutions, communities, and countries. Here now is that interview conducted on July 13th. This is Clarence Boone, and it's a pleasure uh, once again to have a conversation with representatives of the Mandela Student Scholars Program. Um, We are so excited to, again, this year, um, a second year, invite them to come on and and talk to us about the program and their pursuits, what they've learned, what they look forward to participating in. We have a representative from the the program here to answer some, some of the administrative questions. But if because of radio not being visual, you cannot imagine that 28 people are in our broadcast booth. And, and everyone here, let's give a round of applause. <laughs> and that's to verify that I was telling the truth. <laughs> um, we'll start off, and I'll ask Courtney just to give a little background on the Mandela Scholars Program Um how long IU has been a part of it, what's it about, and uh, where are the participants from? Absolutely. So um, the Mandela Washington Fellowship, which is um, funded by the Department of State and managed by our office, the Office of International Development at IU. Um, This is the second year that we've managed the program, but it started in 2014 um, as an initiative of President Barack Obama, um, the flagship program of the YALI the Young African Leadership Initiative, YALI, yes. I'm looking at our fellows here to make sure that I get the wording right. <laughs> um, and they're all nodding their heads. Yes, <laughs> I'm getting affirmation. Um, our office has managed it for two years, as I say, and the benefit for Indiana University is the wealth that these fellows bring to our communities, both culturally um, and their expertise. Um, we look to them to sort of... Um, hear about their experiences and how we can best incorporate their perspective into our work, into our partnerships. Um, they bring a lot of cultural wealth to the community. Um, they represent 20 different diverse countries um, and speak different languages and have beautiful dress. And we so enjoy sharing that with our community at events like the Farmer's Market, um, the July 4th Parade. So I hope I answered your questions. Now, is there a project that each participant must complete before the end of the, their experience here? Um, not necessarily a project that they complete, but they undergo some intensive programming while they're here, and I think they can all attest to that, that it's, um, it's rigorous by design. There's academic components. Um, they're engaging in panel discussions, but we're also hoping to sort of target some, some hard skills that they can then implement back home, whether it be um, developing a proposal, grant writing, um, learning how to best pitch their organizations and their efforts um, for funding, for partnerships, um, that sort of thing. And the idea is that the fellowship will then sort of kickstart their initiatives and, and propel them into better leadership positions and roles. So I envision that they will go back home to their countries and be the experts in particular fields and then have a network of colleagues around the continent that they can call upon to help with their particular initiatives and programs. Absolutely. Um, 
they are already very established. I, let's not forget that, that they have already accomplished um, more than I'd, I'd imagine that I could ever do. And, um, and so, it, yes, they will go back. They will pull um, from the connections and the lessons that they learned here. But they are already doing so much, and we hope that this will only continue their efforts. Now, how competitive is it to to sit where they're sitting, not actually in the studio, but to be in the program? How competitive was sure. it for them? Absolutely. It's um, 64,000 applicants this year. Say that again, please. 64,000 applicants this year um, for 1,000 positions. Um, so there are 1,000 fellows sort of sprinkled across the U.S. at 40 different colleges and universities. Um from different countries in Sub-Saharan Africa. All countries are represented. Is that correct, fellows? Yeah, all countries are represented from Sub-Saharan Africa um, across the U.S. right now. And we are fortunate to have 25 of them at our university. That's awesome. Uh, Let me ask you this. At the end of last year's program, it sort of culminated in some time in Washington, D.C., where they where they met President Barack Obama. Yes. And I had asked that group to see if he would they could get them to come back here. They didn't do that. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not mad, but, but they had the pleasure of meeting uh, the president last year. Yeah. Are there plans this year for them to go to DC? Yes. They, um, on the 30th of July, everybody will sort of transfer to Washington, DC, all 1000 fellows, Institute staff and partners will take over the um, Marquee Hotel in downtown D.C. Um, for a three-day conference-style summit where they'll engage with NGOs and partners in the U.S. Um, they will learn from each other in breakout sessions, and then there will be sort of a large summit, several meetups where all 1,000 are in the same room. And it is an electric room. I was there last year. And the colors of their dress and the energy and the youthfulness and their motivation and inspiration to sort of take back what they've learned is is motivating for us as americans and i full i thoroughly enjoyed that experience last year so iu in the four years that it's participated with this program that's two years two actually. years oh, yes. two years so yes. 50 say 50 plus mm-hmm. alumni of this particular program yeah. have uh gone on will be going on or have gone on to bigger and better uh, have you heard back from previous participants? Absolutely. We're still in touch with the 25 from last year. There's active virtual um, you know, connections and networking happening all the time um, due to a partnership that um, one fellow made with a local nonprofit, Play360. Um, a U.S.-based individual was able to travel to Tanzania to implement a project there. Um, and so we're very proud of that. Um, that follow-up that happened, that a project was able to come to fruition from the network that they established here. And um, partnerships and idea sharing and um, best practices are constantly being bounced back and forth between all of the, between those involved in this large network. All right, we're going to try something um, that probably has never been tried before on the radio. Uh, With every country represented, we're going to try to get at least the name and country Okay. Uh, shared by each participant. So what we'll do, Courtney will serve as uh, the sort of relay, and if you could share your name and your country, uh, and we'll just assume it may not be picked up very well by our microphones, but she'll relay back that person's name. And we'll start, and we'll reserve these two for last because they have been the chosen spokespeople for this group <laughs> by virtue of the fact they sat in these two chairs in front of us first. But we'll start on this side, and we'll just sort of work around the room. If you want to, uh, the young lady sitting right here. We'll begin with you, and if you could just say your name and your country, and Courtney will then repeat that over the air. Tatenda from Zimbabwe. Tatenda from Zimbabwe. Jacob Bull from South Sudan. Jacob Bull from South Sudan. Guy from Cote d'Ivoire. Sharon from Kenya. Sharon from Kenya. I'm Francis Brewer from Liberia. Francis Brewer from Liberia. Chabi Lele from South Africa. Oh, boy. Okay. Chabo... Chabo Ilewe from South Africa. Zainab from Djibouti. Solange Ngane from Cameroon. Tulani Musulanto from Zimbabwe. Leonce Gamay from Benin. Leonce Gamay from Benin. Patrick 
Adi Kyakubu from Nigeria. Esther Mark from Nigeria. Sustain Gay from Ivory Coast. Sustain Gay from Ivory Coast. Paul Sangeu from Tanzania. Paul Sangeu from Tanzania. From Tanzania. Milva from Angola. Milva from Angola. Vanessa Pekani from Malawi. Siana Daoud from Mozambique. Siana Daoud from Mozambique. Adolfo Bivini from Equatorial Guinea. Adolfo Bivini from Equatorial Guinea. Denisa Pereira from Guinea-Bissau. Denisa Pereira from Guinea-Bissau. <laughs> Hal Suakar from Chad. Vera Kazungu from Kenya. And Vera Kazungu from Kenya. Yasin Fay from Senegal. Yasin Fay from Senegal. And then and that just leaves our final two. Megar Ikwenobi from Nigeria. Bakri Fati from The Gambia. All right, let's give everybody a hand here. And there's another staff member yes. that is seated here, too. Not to forget our program assistant, Aaron Deckard, from Hi, Bedford, Aaron. Indiana. <laughs> all right. All right. Now that we have our two representatives uh, for the group uh, seated here, are you having fun? Are you enjoying your experience so far? Well, it's been interesting, yes. In, in what way? Uh, well, in many different ways. Uh, it's been interesting to see the city, to see the beauty of the city, to interact with its people. Um, I think one thing that also that has also been pretty interesting for me um, with all our the academic program and everything is to also see the challenges that America currently faces and has faced for a long time. And for me, that's encouraging. Uh, because it just shows that we're all grappling with different issues. And even the issues we're grappling with now, once you find a solution to that, that in itself creates new challenges that we, so we all have all, you know, we need to see life more as problem solving and be in that mood. And so we just need to equip our generation and the next to be able to take on challenges and solve them. And, um, for Africa, Africa, like we all know, has so much potential and, um, I think one thing that I take away, too, is that what we need to build is structures. I, I share with people that corruption is not an African word. You know, for example, my country is one that is being touted for being corrupt and all of that. But what we lack are the structures that help to prevent things from going out, you know, so sometimes even when you have a leader that might not be the ideal of a country, you have things in place that helps to keep the leader in check. So I think that's what, you know, interests me about the whole situation and um, I'm looking to replicate back home. Yeah. All right. And when you master that in your country, come talk to us so we can master it here. Ah, <laughs> okay. Uh, sir, um, you've been here for weeks. Have you enjoyed uh, your experiences here? Sure. Uh, and I will start by um, praising the food. Um, in America, um, because I could remember very well, I went with, out with my friends um, to eat the real American food called the Power Breakfast. Okay, I mean, <laughs> you know that that was an amazing food. Um, but aside that, I think there are wonderful things that I've actually experienced here. Um, notably, the environment. Um, when I came to Bloomington, you know, I'm an environmental activist as well, um, but that is a sideline. You know, um, because uh, I do follow Al Gok, the former vice president of the United States of America, who is actually leading a huge environmental activist uh, movement in the country here. Um, so I was, you know, really thrilled by you know the environment in Bloomington, and uh, I think the people also, you know, have been so much um, nice to us. Um, I could remember very well um, people like Kelly and her mom, Mama Mata. You know, these are these are people who are very, very generous. Uh, but I think um, the most important thing that I would also l love to share is the work that has actually been done um, by Tasumi and the team. You know, um, all the, the the great things that we've been experiencing in the, in the United States, especially um, in Indiana and Bloomington in particular, um, came as a result of, you know, th their work. So I think they need to be praised for that. And um, I think so far... Um, my fellow, my uh, fellowship experience um, has been a very wonderful one because I've tried to meet at least as many people as possible 
and then including them, you have people like um, David Williams, who is the director of Center for Constitutional Democracy, and we've discussed a whole lot of um, issues ranging from um, the contribution of his center in Africa, particularly places like Sudan, Liberia, and also how best we can work together to make sure that at least the newly formed democratic dispensation that we've um, cherished in our country, the Gambia recently, how best we can also work together to make sure that at least we advance you know, um, the constitutional development that we are um, actually looking forward to. So these are some of the areas you know, um, that I'm actually um, being very much pleased about in the United States of America so far. Thank you for that. Let me, let me ask this question. Um, what do you hope to get from this program that you can immediately, immediately or over time implement in your country? Okay. Um, for me, I would say partnerships and um, collaboration. And collaboration first from the other fellows who I met here. You know, bearing in mind that Africa is not a country but a mm-hmm. continent, mm-hmm. Um, most of us have never been to each other's countries, you know, mm-hmm. before now. And so it's also been a great learning experience to be together with this amazing fellows. You know, it's like you're doing something somewhere, you're thinking you're doing something so fantastic, and you meet other people and you just share their stories and you're humbled and inspired. So for me, I think that's the first thing because I think that um, it's not very easy to take models from the Western world and just replicate in your country. You would need to contextualize that and be able to, to be able to implement. And so I think that the the bonds that we have formed here and the family and taking it amongst ourselves, taking it back to Africa and begin, you know, that, um, you know, carrying out activities and projects that are mutually reinforcing and then we can continue to share the knowledge that we and so improve our processes and all that. I think that um, that's one that is that I'm very excited about. And of course, with um, the people of the U.S. as well, it's been great interacting with them. There's been a lot of knowledge, you know, and experience sharing. I went to see an early learning center and it was interesting, it was interesting for us to find out that while I was learning a lot from their programs and their, but they were also learning a lot from my own model and what I used and there were things that you know we saw that could be easily implemented here to also improve their processes so you know so I, I think that's it's the collaboration and then the working together you know transcending geography you know so even when we get back thank God for technology we can continue to do these things together so I think that's the best part of it thank you mm. And you, sir, same question. I'll, I'll repeat that. Um, you know, taking from this program, what do you want to take away, and then what do you want to implement either immediately or over time in your country when you get back? Um, uh, I will say this before coming. Um, my entire perspective was that when I, you know, get to the United States of America, especially Indiana, is not only to learn from learn from um, my. F- learn from, you know, United States of America institutions, but also to learn from my fellow African colleagues because I believe all of us all of us have a unique story to tell and then we have some kind of common problems um, in our different destiny from our different countries. So I, I believe that that is the, you know, the, 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 that's, the that's where the game should actually start. And um, Aside that, I believe that um, so far the experience that I've gathered from my colleagues and, of course, from um, certain people in the United States of America, including um, the center that I've mentioned, uh, I think uh, one thing that I would be very much proud of is the skills and, of course, um, the resources that, are, that I'm actually able to tap into to be able to use. Because what I do back home is to organize, um, um, like, I, I have radio and a TV program. So um, on my radio and TV program, I used to interview politicians and not to share their work, of course, with the electorates. But also it's a platform where I use to help electorates to be able to question the elected, their elected representatives, what they have been doing and you know, what things that, are, that, that they're actually not able to accomplish. So um, I, I believe with this experience that I've gathered here you know, from my colleagues and other um, people in Bloomington uh, would be very useful. And it will also help me to be able to effectively implement my next project, which will, which will be in 2018 on um, our first mayoral election debate in my country. 
the first mayoral election debate. Election debate. Wow. I've already conducted the first presidential debate election in my country and mm-hmm. the first national assembly debate in my country. So I'm looking forward to organizing the first mayoral debate election in my country as oh, well. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Courtney, let me ask you, um, they, the first four weeks, uh, curriculum study at IU, uh, visiting with agencies in IU, elected officials in IU, mm-hmm. administration from the university, um, different agents and centers at the university. Then from here, you, you mentioned earlier before we went live, uh, there are a couple more weeks left in the, in the experience. What happens then? Absolutely. We're there headed to Indianapolis on Saturday, um, where we partner with the Office of International Affairs at Indiana University, IUPUI. Um, they are engaging in very similar programming, but we're looking forward to sort of pulling from a diverse environment that's very different from Bloomington, more urban. Um, they have the Lilly School, Family School of Philanthropy there, and we look forward to um, engaging their faculty with our fellows on best practices for fundraising, um, how to appropriately ask and effectively ask for funding and um, support. They will be um, engaging in a program with SPIA um, at IUPUI and um, Going to a nonprofit, Lutheran Family Health Services. Oh, I didn't get that one right. Where and it's just it's about sort of exposing them to diverse communities in the U.S., um, broadening their perspective. We love Bloomington. We love the um, the wealth of resources that it has, but um, Indianapolis does provide a very different context. Now, they've met elected officials here in Bloomington. Will they likewise meet state elected officials? Um, state elective, no, but they are meeting with the deputy mayor, and then I do believe that the vice chancellor is slated to address them, the IUPUI vice chancellor. All right. You mentioned earlier an, an important topic, and you said one that you had just waited so long to just find out more about, and that is the food in America. <laughs> so far since being here, do you have a favorite dish so far, or are you like, I can't wait to get home? I can't wait for I this response. I can't wait oh. to get home. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, but I mean, you know, it's a, it's a different place, so it's about experiencing new things and all of that. So, um, But, of course, my food just remains my favorite. <laughs> but, I mean, thank, thank you for what you have to offer. Yeah, <laughs> she's so kind. <laughs> now, let me clarify: is this dorm food or is this no. restaurants in the no, community? Yeah. The good thing is the program allows us a blend of both. We have access to the food court. We have access to all the restaurants around. So we've experienced other ethnic restaurants like the Thai food and Turkish food and um, Indian food. And yeah, so okay. yes, you sir. You mentioned earlier the power breakfast. Uh, you fell in love with our power. Bre- now, what is the power breakfast? Well, um, it's a very interesting um, breakfast. Um, I, the one I've ordered uh, was actually um, a kind of a, a, a bread, you know, fried with um, banana. You know, they put some potatoes around it. It was very heavy. You know, I went there with um, the co the founders of T and J that is Tulani and Jacob Bull uh, with uh, 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 of course um, with um, uh, Mr Adolfo and our friend Emily Taylor um, she took us to that you know restaurant and, and it was quite amazing you know seeing that food because all of us were virtually um, hungry to the peak um, but when we reached there you know uh, interestingly Tulani himself finished his plate and I was asking for my plate could you imagine. <laughs> I believe this was at the Village Deli, the largest order on the menu. Yeah, Village Deli, you know. Uh, so you probably had the three stack pancakes and three eggs or yeah, something like that. Potatoes, meat, oh, you know. the works. It was so, amazing. so you were full all day then? It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> I also like, uh, by the way, I like, I, I like um, burger very well. You know, the first day I arrived here, the first thing I asked, the first food I asked was, where can I get burger? Hmm. Yeah, burger. Absolutely. Oh, Burger. okay, okay. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of different uh, uh, establishments that can offer you all varieties of, of extra greasy, uh, extra dry, or just <laughs> right. Uh, and, and it's sort of you pick your favorite and you sort of stay with it. But uh, but thank you for that. Um, in the in the short time that we have remaining, uh, one thing I want to ask is do you see in the future, in the future years, uh, this program expanding to take more than 25 students? Uh, you said 64,000 apply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 64,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they will it down to only 1,000. And out of that 1,000, then they're dispersed to different 
colleges in the, in the country. Exactly. What type of questions are, what's that process look like? The selection process? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, extensive with 64,000 applicants. And um, in 2014, when the program launched, they took um, only 500 fellows that were sprinkled across 40 different universities and colleges in the U.S. Um, And then that was also 2015. And then in 2016, they grew the program to 1,000 fellows. And then this year, again, 1,000 fellows. Um, It was a big jump, that 500 to 1,000, as you can imagine, both in logistics and administrative support, but also in funding. So um, this program is funded by the Department of State, the Mm -hmm. Bureau of Education and Cultural Affairs. And so each year it sort of depends on congressional approval. So we just sort of wait and see how the resources will be distributed to understand if it will be funded or if it will grow. But I do know that that it's heavily supported throughout Congress. Um, A senator from Delaware in particular um, takes a strong liking to this program and, and does what he can to advocate for it on the Hill. Yeah, that's excellent. And my experience with the participants has always been gratifying. And, and I really, truly enjoyed last year uh, just hearing of the different projects. We had a smaller number mm-hmm. representation uh, yeah. in this in the studio last year. But just to hear um, some of the human stories behind why their passion is the way it is. Uh, one young lady wanted to make the world better for those who had handicap accessibilities because mm-hmm. her country – uh, was way behind the times in just making their uh, spaces accessible and taking into consideration the limitations that some people may have to, to function within, but yet triumph over. Exactly. And then there were really uh, heartwarming, resonating issues uh, that were addressed, such as uh, protecting uh, young girls as they went to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a major concern of hers. And so she was very passionate in trying to uh, get her uh, politicians in her country to realize that we need to reinforce, re- need to enforce the laws that are already on the books, or create new laws to pr- to, pr- to protect against harassment right. of young girls who are trying to get an education. And yeah, I think we haven't really sort of touched on the diverse interests that are in this room. Um, we have journalists, we have physicians, we have educators, we have who else is here? We have entrepreneurs. Nice. We and they all take. Who else? Lawyers. Lawyers. I mean, the 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 professional capacity in this room is astounding. Yeah, um, and they've they've already done so much, and they all have community-based interests. They might be professionals in their respective fields, but it's about bridging their professional capacity with the needs that they're sort of identifying in their communities. And I think we can all take a lesson in that because we're all busy. We all have jobs. We all have families. Um, but if we could all take a close look at the needs that are around mm-hmm. us, we can do so much. Is there anything that we've not touched touched on, Courtney, that you think we need to add here? I will look to the other 23 fellows in this room. Is there anything that we haven't touched on? Well, we have talked about the burgers. And <laughs> we've talked about the burgers. About what the else is there? The, I think, the I think we've touched about the, the on the geographic diversity in this mm-hmm. room, but I think it's important to note that YALI and the Mandela Washington Fellowship really works to incorporate all sorts of diversity, mm-hmm. um, be it the gender balance, making mm-hmm. sure that there's an appropriate number of men and women that are selected for this program, also ensuring that the program is accessible for um, persons with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so last year, 7% of the fellows I believe, had a disability. And this year, I believe that number has grown to almost 10%. Okay. So they work to sort of ensure that um, everybody has an inclusive experience and that they have the support that they need to also sort of achieve. And we love that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Not also mentioning the 4th of July independent. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. We need to highlight that um, these fellows participated in the July 4th parade. And I saw them. Did you? In the parade. My family. Yes. We went to it. And I told my daughter, I said, they're with the Mandela program. Yeah. And I'm going to be talking to them. And you all came around. Everybody was just like, yay! Yes. And their, it's, their energy and their enthusiasm and their bright smiles um, ultimately won them best walking entry, oh, which we are great, very great, proud of. Great, great. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and with that distinction, you can go into uh, the Village Deli and get a power breakfast. Ah, <laughs> take the plaque in and exchange it for a stack yeah, of pancakes yeah. and some eggs. I think our our um, cultural display also at the farmers yes, market was yeah. also amazing. Yeah, at the farmers you know, market, yeah. they presented a table. Yeah. Now, now. Uh, our food, as, as you mentioned, you said you can't wait to get home. How does our farmer's market compare, or should I even just go on to the next question? 
All right, I'll go on to the next question. All right, we're trying. We we're trying not to use a lot of uh, additives and uh, processing in the food we eat, but you know, just just keep us in mind. We we have a little ways to go. Um, I'll let our two participants have the final word as we sort of wrap up this segment of Bring It On. Yeah. Um, uh, first of all, what I want to say um, is that uh, we we must thank you very much uh, for inviting us um, on this platform. Um, as you said last year, you invited if Mandela was Indian fellows. This year, also you invited us, and we look forward to inviting our brothers and sisters who will be coming next year as well. Uh, and of course, my appreciation goes to the people of Bloomington, and in particular um, Tasomi and the team. You know, they've been amazing. You know, in making sure that this thing is successful. Thank you all. Excellent. Okay. Um, yes, of course, we are grateful, and um, we'll, we also hope that we've been able to help to um, make broaden the minds and the ideas of the people of Bloomington as well. Uh, as concerns Africa, you know, we've interacted with a lot of people to get to learn more about Africa, understand more about it and to so you know expand you know expand minds in that regard and um, we're grateful for the hospitality in all the period that we were here and most importantly i think we're all grateful you know for the um very unique sets of the group here we we have developed we've evolved we're evolving into a family from here and um i am optimistic that we'll continue that thank you all right. Well, this is Clarence Boone uh, with Bring It On, and it's been a delight speaking with the participants of the Mandela Washington Scholars Program. I'm going to ask them one last time if they'll help me say, Bring It On! Bring It On! <laughs> thank you very much. We want to thank Bring It On producer Clarence Boone and Courtney Herman, program manager of the IU Office of Internal Development, and the 25 participants in this year's Mandela Washington Fellows Program for taking part in that interview. Here's something amazing. 1,000 selected to come to America from 64,000 applicants. These young leaders from Sub-Sahara Africa took part in this year's Mandela Washington Fellowship. Launched in 2014, this program will empower young African leaders through academic coursework, leadership training, mentoring, networking, professional opportunities, and support for activities in their communities. Bringing On has an open submission policy, so if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure that you share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington, within Bloomington and beyond. The email address, once again, is bringiton at wfhb.org.
You just heard Trija Love by the group Third World, a Jamaican reggae band formed in 1973. Their sound was influenced by soul, funk, and disco. In January 2013, this group was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Jamaica, and Jamaica Jazz and Blues Festival in Montego Bay as they celebrated their 40th year in music. This is Bring It On, the People's Forum for Black Culture in South Central Indiana and beyond. Are you a tweeter? you're invited to follow the WFHB News Twitter account. This is a great way to get breaking news and updates on what's going on behind the scenes and on the air with WFHB News. Go to twitter.com and search for WFHB News, or you can always visit WFHB's news website at wfhb.org news. To keep up with us and the local news, find out what's happening behind the scenes at WFHB. You're invited to like the WFHB Facebook page and go to Facebook.com and search for WFHB. Or you can always visit the WFHB news website at WFHB.org news. Bring It On is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community. Here on WFHB 91.3 and live on the web at WFHB.org. For Bring It On, I'm Cornelius Wright. And I'm Justin Crossley. Go ahead. All right, so for the news, <laughs> Donald Trump endorses police brutality in a speech to cops, says the Huffington Post. From the Black Voices section of the Huffington Post, we read that President Trump received applause on Friday where he endorsed police brutality while delivering a speech to law enforcement officers on Long Island, New York. The president suggested that officers should hit suspects' heads on the doors of their police cars. Quote, when you see these towns and when you see these thugs being thrown into the back of a paddy wagon, you just see them thrown in rough. And I said, please, you don't have to be nice, Trump said. Like when you like when you guys put somebody in the back of a car, you're putting you're protecting their head. You know, the way you put your hand over. Like don't hit their head, they've just killed somebody. You don't hit their head, I said. You can take the hand away, okay? He added. His remarks received significant applause. Trump also made the dubious claim that laws were horrendously stacked against police officers and said that he wants to change those laws. For years, quote, for years laws have been made to protect the criminal, Trump said. Totally protect the criminal, not the officers. You do something wrong, you're in major, je you're in major jeopardy than they are. These laws are stacked against you. We're changing those laws. And that's our president. That is our president. And it's so but sad. But not our leader. Very good point. But what's so sad is so many cheered those responses. But in the follow-up, police pushed back against Trump's law and order speech. CNN reports that President Donald Trump's statement encouraging police officers to be rough with people they arrest has drawn criticism in law enforcement circles for sending the wrong message at a time of heightened tensions with the public. As a department, we do not and will not tolerate roughing up prisoners, the Suffolk County Police Department said in a statement. Trump delivered a combative law and order speech in New York suburb Friday, calling gang members animals and praising law enforcement for being rough. Speaking before law enforcement officers, Trump praised the aggressive tactics of immigration officers and suggested that police shouldn't protect the heads of handcuffed suspects being put in the back of a car. When you see these thugs being thrown to the back of a paddy wagon, you see them thrown in rough, I said. Please don't be too nice, Trump said to, the, to applause, referring to officers shielding prisoners. Heads with their hands like, don't hit their head, and they just killed somebody? I said, you can take the hand away, okay? From Boston to Los Angeles, however, law enforcement agencies pushed back. The police statement in the suburb where Trump spoke added, the Suffolk County Police Department has strict rules and procedures relating to the handling of prisoners and violations of those rules and procedures are treated extremely seriously. Suffolk County Police 
have been under Justice, Justice Department oversight since 2013 after a federal investigation exposed a pattern of anti-immigrant violence. Seems like for that to be what our president ends up announcing to a group of officers is uh, ridiculous, but I'm happy to see that the officers would at least say something back in return. Well, some did. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And that was a look at African-American headline news from around the world for this week. Tune in again next week for the latest news on and for the African-American community. We want to know what you think of current black issues. Send your comments to Bring It On at WFHB.org. For Bring It On, I'm Cornelius Wright. And I'm Justin Crossley. You're listening to Bring It On, Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community. You're on WFHB 91.3 FM on your radio and live on the web at WFHB.org. just heard Now That We Found Love, another classic by Third World. 
It's time now to bring you the events of interest in the black community. For Bring It On, I'm Cornelius Wright. And I'm Justin Crossley. First up, the Monroe County branch of the NAACP. The Monroe County branch of the NAACP meets on the first Tuesday of each month at 6.30 p.m. That will be tomorrow. The next meeting is Tuesday, August 1st. Meetings are held at Second Baptist Church, 321 North Rogers Street in Bloomington. For more information, contact the branch secretary, Suzanne Falk, by email at falkszq at yahoo.com. Visit the Monroe County NAACP on Facebook. The Bloomington Boogie Blues and Boogie Woogie Piano Festival. The third annual Bloomington Boogie Blues and Boogie Woogie Piano Festival begins with public performances starting Sunday, August 13th, 2017. Additional educational elements for students and at several public schools will be held Monday, August 14th, both of these days offer residents and visitors multiple opportunities to listen and dance to acclaimed blues and boogie-woogie pianist. Tree Blues and Boogie-Woogie Piano Workshops are presented by Josh Paxton from New Orleans and Bill Sims Jr. from New York and are open to all students, but there, are 20, but there is a 20-student limit. So all students must register in advance for more information on performances, ticket cost, or how to volunteer, please email Craig Brenner, B-R-E-N-N-E-R, boogies, at gmail.com. And a spotlight on colorectal cancer. 2017 IU Health Statewide Colorectal Cancer Screening Program, sponsored by the Strategic Cancer Service Line. The Commission on the Status of Black Males has partnered with IU Health to distribute information about dispensing 200 fit fecal immune, immunochemical tests throughout the South Central program. The fit screenings are, will be free. The fit test does not require bowel prep, anesthesia, or transportation to and from screening examination. The test is performed at home. Patients, patients return the kit via USA Mail. Where can I get information about screenings? Visit the IU Health Alcott Center at 619 West 1st Street or call area code 812-353-5669 or email the Commission on the Status of Black Males at safeandcivil at bloomington.in.gov or visit the City of Bloomington Community and Family Resources Department located at 401 North Morton Street, Suite 260 for information. Or you can also contact the radio station and have them contact me as I am the chair of the Commission on the Status of Black Males. The Monroe County Black Democratic Caucus needs volunteers for focus groups. Saturday, 9 a.m., Shower City Hall, 401 North Morton Street, here in Bloomington on September 9th. Congo, Giving Back to Africa, invites you to our gala, 2017 Annual Gala. Sunday, August 27, 2017, at 5.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Fields Clubhouse, 1333 Fenbrook Lane in Bloomington, Indiana. Tickets are available now. Purchase at www.givingbacktoafrica.org gala. It's $50 per person, $45 if two or more, $30 per student. Reserved tables are available for parties 6 to 8. More information at www.givingbacktoafrica.org or call 812-340-6649. If you happen to have an event or a happening the African American community should know about, please send your info directly to the Bring It On staff. Or if you want additional information about a calendar item that you've heard tonight, contact us at bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to thank Bring It On producer Clarence Boone, Courtney Herman program manager with the IU Office of International Development, and the 25 participants in this year's Mandela Washington Fellows program for that enlightening pre-recorded interview conducted on July 13th. Our show's executive producer is Clarence Boone, with the help from WFHB News Department Director Wes Martin, our news editor Michael Nowlin, our board engineer Jim Thrasher, our original theme music 
was created by Jamal Ephraim and the additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm Justin Crossley. And I'm Cornelius Wright. Tune in next Monday, August the 7th at 6 p.m. for another exciting edition of Bring It On, right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.